Hey, everybody, and welcome to the Gina Bianca podcast, where we talk about life, business, entrepreneurship, the beauty industry, and beyond. My name is Gina Bianca, life and business coach, salon owner, educator, mastermind mentor, and your host of the Gina Bianca podcast. What's up, everybody? Thank you for joining us here on the Gina Bianca podcast. It's been a while. Uh, Today, we are going to be talking about this new generation and the current climate of what it is to become a successful hairstylist today. This podcast is for anybody in the industry who might be struggling right now to make it work as a stylist. Maybe you're in your first few years. Maybe you've been doing hair for a while. Maybe you've had some setbacks in your career. Maybe you're fresh out of school or considering school or in school. This podcast is to kind of go through my experience as a hairstylist growing up in the industry over the past 12 years and also the experience of my two guests today. So I have here with me my last two girls that I have trained since my employee-based salon. They came here to the network and they kind of just like made their way in here. (laughs) They didn't really take no for an answer. Um, And they kind of fell into my lap. I wasn't really looking for an assistant. I didn't really have the budget for an assistant. I didn't really have the desire to train an assistant. I was working on my education business, opening the salon. I wasn't doing hair too much. And I met these incredible women and they both have different but almost a little bit similar ways that they came through to where they are today from beauty school to assisting and beyond and we talked about today what are we going to talk about in our content today let's create something that can be beneficial and elevate the beauty industry and we were talking about how people want everything right now and how people skip over the opportunity to be an assistant and the opportunity to learn and sometimes that doesn't benefit them and we were like we know what we're gonna have a podcast on let's talk about the industry and how to get started or if you're stuck how to get unstuck and move toward the career of your dreams so without further ado I want to introduce Bridget and Alexandra I'm gonna introduce Bridget first welcome Bridge hey guys what's going on and Alexandra hey everybody Woo! We've been wanting to do a podcast together for a while, and I'm so excited that the time has finally come. So let's start with Alexandra because you were my first, my my first baby that came in. Introduce yourself, talk about what you do now, and uh, we'll get into your story. All right. So I am an independent stylist, booth renter at the Network Salon. I have been behind the chair on my own for. I think like 14 months now. So that's a huge victory. I remember I was so scared when I first spread my wings to fly on my own, but you know, everything's going great. Um, I still do YouTube channel stuff. I love traveling with Gina. I do travel with Gina. I'm sure if you guys are listening to her podcast, you guys have heard of me before. Um, I always travel with her. I love being her assistant on the road. Um, It's the best. I love what I do. And I am not just a hairstylist. I wear many hats, I feel like. 
Totally. And another thing about Alexandra is a lot of the content that you enjoy on YouTube and in Mastermind, she has helped film, edit, and produce tons of content. And when you first started working with me, your like number one goal I felt was to get monetized on YouTube. It was. It was. I remember I started YouTube as a hobby when I was in hair school because I feel like when I was in hair school, YouTube was like a really big thing. And I was like, oh my God, I want to make a YouTube channel. So in hair school, I like made all these vlogs. I had so much fun doing it. And then I just kind of made it a hobby. And then when I met you, I feel like you really liked that I did that. And you're like, oh my gosh, like, that's so cool. Like, I want you to do that with me. And then we did. We did that. We do that. Yeah. And I think that a huge reason that you ended up getting hired, and we'll talk about how we met in Mm -hmm. a second, but like a huge reason that I was like, she has to work here was because she could film and edit video. That skill set is so needed if you're a stylist today that it was like, bing 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 like that is so much value so that was one of the big reasons I like made the move to have her join the team was because she could shoot and edit and even if um you know she wasn't doing hair or something like that she had other things that she could do so let's talk about how we met oh my gosh let's do it so I remember it was October 2019 you came to Palm Mitchell School in North Haven where I was a student at the time uh you did a personal Q&A with honor students and I obviously like heard of you like through Instagram and like we always talked about you in school who like inspires us. And when you came to the school, actually, Ashley, who works here now, is the reason why I met you, which is so crazy. It's like full circle. But um, I remember when you came to the school, I was so excited and nervous. I like didn't like say anything. I just like sat there and listened to you. But I knew from that day I was going to work for you. Like I just knew I was like this woman like. I resonate with this woman in a different way than I could even like put to words. And when you just get that feeling, you know, you just like don't stop until you get that. So I feel like we just connected in a different way at that time. I fell in love with you. <laughs> I love you too. And we went through a lot. Like your first year, we um, we did the Lady Gaga shoot. That was oh my insane. God. And then we came home from all of that. And then the world shut down. Yeah, it was a crazy year because I started uh, January 2nd, 2020 here, like employed by you. Yeah. And that was really rough. It was rough for all businesses, but we went through so much during that time. Um, and you went through a lot as a stylist mm-hmm. and as a person during all of that. Oh my God, of course. So, I'm going to put a pin in that. And during that time, somebody else was in beauty school and got completely gypped. (laughs) You guys, my beauty school experience was not what it should have been. (laughs) I probably missed out on four and a half months of hands-on learning. I started beauty school September 2019 and I graduated September of 2020. It was, it was wild. What was it like going to school during COVID? So during COVID, um, we started with like how everyone else was like, oh, it's just going to be a two week shutdown and we'll be back and at it. No problem. But then, you know, as the pandemic started to worsen, um, our administration at the school said, we're going to start doing Zoom classes. And it was just so ironic because so many people asked me, they were like, how are you in beauty school and you're online learning? And it was like, I don't know, but we're getting it done. They were still counting our hours in. We were on Zoom, like our normal school schedule, Um, but it definitely was not the same. Um, 
I remember during that period of time, I was very much checked out of what we were doing. Um, it just wasn't the same. You're not in school, you're not surrounded by your peers, you're not doing hair how you're supposed to. Even the state wouldn't allow us to do actual haircuts at home. We just had to section our mannequin heads mimicking a haircut. We couldn't do any coloring because it was a liability. Um, there was nothing for us. It was just sitting. Even on a doll head, you couldn't do color? Nothing. You couldn't cut the doll head? Couldn't cut, couldn't color. We literally were on Zoom. That was it. We were just going through our theory books, um, just repeating lessons. And um, like I said, we could section doll heads. So we would literally go through and section our doll head like a, like a haircut. And it would be like, all right, let's take our next section. And we would just section and clip we would like pretend to drag it down and cut it, but we couldn't actually cut. We couldn't do anything. That is so bizarre. Like, could you imagine listening to this as a hairstylist now? Like, if you're listening, could you imagine that's your beauty school experience? It was wild. I was like beside myself. And you're like a go-getter. Like you probably were like, what the fuck is going on right now? I told myself I wanted to assist for two years outside of school. I personally felt like my education was not where it should have been and I told myself I'm not doing I'm not going to be by myself behind the chair until two years and that plan got thrown out the window but I mean I like you said I was a go-getter so I ended up preparing myself to be behind the chair and as an independent stylist but yeah COVID really just took away a lot yeah, that's crazy. I had a completely different experience in school. I'm so grateful and like, what a privilege because like so many hairstylists were in the same position as you. Mm -hmm. Like that whole year of hairstylists, like how many people do you really think made it? Honestly, it's funny because when we were in school, a lot of the educators would say that 80% of you aren't gonna make it past like the first two years. And I feel like that number significantly went up because of COVID. Not only are we lacking the technical, but now we're lacking even a job. Like coming out of COVID, people were scared to hire. People weren't coming to salons. So it was like you talk a lot about your experience with the 09 recession when people didn't want to necessarily spend money. But for us, it was like people don't want to leave their house. Like how do you build a clientele of people who just want to stay home? Yeah, what a struggle. That's, like, such adversity to face, like, in your first few years. And, like, if you can get past that, like, everything else that goes wrong, it's like, well, <laughs> not... <laughs> could have been worse. <laughs> nothing could be like that, you know. But, um, Alexandra, like, can you talk about how you started working here and the, um, like, what the most important part of the beginning of your career was? Like, what did you find was, like, the most valuable part? Because you came and started working here... And how did you even get hired here? <laughs> um, you applied. I no, you said at the um, the Q and A, whoever wants to come and shadow the salon, like um, you're more than welcome to come. And I guess I was the only person that reached out. Mm -hmm. And then I came. I shadowed Megan and Nara. They were doing hair, and I loved them. I could like chill with them. I love the vibe. And then you said, "Oh, they loved you. How would you like to work at the Blacklight Tour in 2019?" Um. So I, I was here for that. I worked for free, but you know I got free education. So it was like, of, of course I'm gonna do it. And then I guess you said later to me that that was kind of like my sink or swim pass. Like if that, if you were gonna hire me or what. And I guess I was a team player, like 
I always am. I was taking out trash and doing whatever I had to do. Um, and you really liked me. So then you messaged me back and you said I would love to have um, um, an interview with you if you were interested. And I, I literally started crying. I was with Schley and I started crying at school because I was so happy. <laughs> so the rest is history. I came. Um, what did you start off doing? Um, anything. I was because you weren't hiring. So you were like, I'm not hiring, but you can hold my suitcase for me. Oh my God. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. But um, I, I would clean. I uh, greeted guests. I was your assistant when you were doing hair. Um, we filmed and I traveled with you. Like whatever you needed. I was just there for the ride. We had so much fun. We did. It was a great year. And then even when 2020 happened, like we were in here double masked, like after yeah. the waiting period or whatever, filming. Because yes. we had a whole tour planned and we had to put everything online. Yeah. So during COVID, we weren't taking guests, but we were still here and we were filming content. We were doing mm -hmm. something. And we had to do a lot of stuff for Joyco. Like yeah. we were like still working. Yeah, we were still working. We just did things in a different way. Yeah. Yeah. What a crazy time. It was so crazy. What do you think, like, as a hairstylist, like, some of the best things that you got from your, like, yeah, I feel like you have a really good attitude. Like, you say yes to anything, so you've gotten to do a lot of different things. Like, what would you say to newer artists, or, or what have you learned? It really depends on what you want in this industry. Um, for me, I knew... Going to hair school, I didn't know exactly what I was going to do, but I knew I wanted to do something great. Um, and then when I met you, I was like, oh, my God, like, she's the answer to my prayers. Like, I'm going to work with her, and it's going to be amazing no matter what we do because I saw all of your work. But um, for your question, it's kind of like I knew from the start I wanted to do something big. Um, so for me, it was like I'm going to do anything to get to that um, no matter what. But for somebody who just wants to take their clients and, you know, have like their home life and whatnot, like it depends. Like I want to be an educator. So if somebody doesn't want to be an educator, like they could have like a different, different path. a different path. It, it depends the path that you take. Um, does that answer your question? I feel like it was very vague answer <laughs> no I mean I just I agree with you there's so many different pathways in this beauty industry you can do so many different things with your license yeah. I always say like I started with my cosmetology license like I don't have a college degree I started with my license and I said yes to every opportunity that I could and I know nowadays, like on social media, it's like that's toxic to have to say yes to everything. And like, this is your career, you yeah. know? So like a lot of things like, you know, you might be tired or you might not want to do something or you might like, you know, not see the point. But like, this is your career and, and you have to work hard to get, you know, whatever you want. And I agree with what you said. If there's somebody who wants to come in, clock in, do their job, go home, that's okay. Mm -hmm. But if you have bigger dreams, like you have to put in the work because you can't sit around and complain about what you don't have. Yeah. If you're not putting in the work. So do you want to add anything to that? Yeah. So kind of going off of what both of what Gina and Alexandra said, we kind of all share the same mindset of going after your dreams and we all have that same vision of doing something greater with our lives and having a bigger purpose um, in the industry and making our impact. The first two salons I started at, I didn't know what I wanted outside of beauty school 
And I quickly realized within three months of working at both salons that it wasn't what I needed to get me to where I want to be. And uh, that's about the time I met Gina. And same thing, she wasn't looking to hire. But Yeah, how did you get hired here? Dude, I worked like a horse. Um, I got in touch with Krista, actually. And I ended up shadowing you for a day. And Gina said to me, she said, I'm not hiring, but I would love to welcome you back in three weeks to shadow and assist me again. And so I said yes to that opportunity. I was working commission 50-50 at the time at a salon. And I wasn't really looking to leave jobs. I just knew I needed more creativity in my life and a, and a mentor. And I didn't have that. And Gina offered that to me without realizing it. So three weeks later, I came back and I assisted her. I did everything a great assistant does. And by the end of the day, she said, I want to hire you. It doesn't matter. Um, I'll figure it out and we'll make it work. So that's, that's how I started here, March of 2021. Why wasn't I hiring? That's the big question. That's the big question. Why wasn't I hiring? Because when I owned my employee-based salon, I had had enough of employees. I had had enough. I did not want to work with anybody. I wanted to just like, you know, have one person. I had one girl helping me out in the salon. And I was like paranoid to put my time, effort and energy into somebody because I had done that so many times. And like in my employee based salon, everyone would go booth rental and then they would leave me and abandon me. And I was like, I'm not giving any more to anybody. Like, I don't want to do this anymore. Plus budgetarily, like we really didn't have it in the budget to hire anybody. But this is what happens. And it's it's literally like. I'm the last lesson. <laughs> I am the last lesson. I just, I don't have the time to put in to somebody what I think they deserve. And I always feel guilty that I'm not doing enough to train somebody or I don't have a good enough structure for them because at this point I'm doing so many different things in my business. Like, you know, we're doing the podcast, we're shooting content, I'm working with brands, I have the salon, I'm traveling and teaching. And it was like, I have so many things going on that like I don't want someone to fall behind and I don't want to like deli I don't want to like promise them something that I can't deliver so that's where I was when both of them kind of came and that's why Alexandra said you could carry my I, I said to her I was like you could carry my suitcase but I don't really know like <laughs> what you can do because I wasn't doing hair 100% like when you need an assistant it's usually because you're doing hair maintaining a client base I wasn't doing that so I didn't really know what that job looked like but um on both Alexandra and Bridget I took like a risk and was just like I believed in them when I met them and like the reason I believe in them is because I have so many people come through here and interview. I have so many people come through in shadow and it just doesn't work out. Like they don't have the work ethic. Like they don't, you know, they don't have the thing. There's like a thing that you have where it's like it's the right stuff. Yeah. Like how would you describe it? It's like you, it's just like a good attitude. And it's not to say your attitudes were perfect all the time. We had to have some conversations and we can talk about that after, but like, you know, the work ethic and the attitude and drive yeah and drive i think that really speaks highly to our generation of that instant gratification mm -hmm. and wanting something right then right now and i think alexandra and i both have an understanding that you have to work for what you want and it might take years months weeks but it's definitely not going to be an overnight success um, and i think having that understanding coming into an opportunity is huge because you never know what, A, you're going to get out of it, and B, you don't know what you're giving to that person at that point in time. Um, so I think that's yeah. huge. 
Yeah. And you know, there's a lot of different job opportunities. When I first finished hairdressing school, I started working at the salon in Fairfield and the deal was you assist for two years and then you walk into a full clientele and you're set for life. They had hairstylists working there 20, 30 years. Like this was the business model at this place. And that's one way to do it. Uh, another way to do it is you find a mentor uh, and you work, you know, through whatever program that they give you. But it's usually not perfect like that, um, especially in a small business. That's not a corporation. So small businesses, it's a little bit different. And especially if you're in a family business, sometimes that can get crazy, too. But, um, you know, with Bridget and Alexandra and with anyone I ever had, like, I almost have like a level of like, a, uh, what's it called? It's like a, a break point. Like, you know how people say, like, I don't relate to you. Like, they'll be like, I, I don't I can't relate. Like having people come through, like, I understand there's like a training period of like, you know, you got to show them what to do. You got to show them where everything is. You got to like, make sure that they're safe to talk to you. Like, I always want to be an approachable person, but there comes a breaking point where it's like, I can't relate to you. It's not a good fit. And it's like the people who complain all the time, the people who complain and they haven't done the work or they're complaining about, you know, working a normal shift. I saw a TikTok of a guy crying hysterically on TikTok about a six hour shift at Starbucks. And I was like, I can't relate. Like I work every day. And because that's how my journey went and because like I have what I have because I worked hard for it and people look at me and they want what I have or they want to do what I do and if you really want to learn from me like you have to be a certain type and it can be trained however there are certain things like where you can kind of just tell if you don't have what it takes and it's the work ethic I feel like the work ethic is the main differentiating factor and the drive I was going to say going off of that, I think the two main points on whether or not you're going to make it in this industry is having a good attitude and being coachable because you are not a hairstylist coming out of beauty school. You still have so much to learn from your mentors, from being behind the chair, just from life itself. And it's like if you can be coachable and you can learn as you go and you can have an open mind with your mentors, that's going to get you farther in your career. I just want to add that assisting after hair school was the best decision that I could have made because as Bridget just said like you're not like a full hairstyle like you don't know everything coming out of hair school um when working with Gina I have learned so much not just hair like as we said in 2020 we weren't doing hair I've learned so many ways to like survive a pandemic (laughs) that's something you're not gonna learn anywhere and I learned how to travel, how to do all these different things, how to uh, sell merch and whatnot. And it's just like assisting is, I don't know why it's like looked down upon now because it's seriously so important. Like me and Bridget were saying, it's like um, there's a, um, uh, uh, something, the quote, which you know always says, there's an order to things and you can't skip out on the orders. And I loved assisting. I still am 
an assistant. Whenever Gina needs me, I'm like, you want me to clean the toilet? I'll do that right now. <laughs> and I don't care. It's we just joke about cleaning the toilet because <laughs> eat off the toilets are so clean. <laughs> the toilets are clean. But I always I say like you can't be above cleaning a toilet here. I cleaned the toilet yesterday. Like you can't be above cleaning a toilet if you work on in this building because we're all the same level. We're all the same. And like what ends up happening is like the guest walks in the bathroom, the toilet needs to be clean. <laughs> like it's like we're all here for the client and we're all here to present an image of professionalism and cleanliness. Like that's always been a thing for me. So we joke about the toilet, but people don't clean toilets full time here. No. But you can't be above cleaning a toilet no matter where you are, no matter what you do. And if you want to be a salon owner, let me tell you right now, you're going to clean a lot of toilets. Yeah. You're going to, you know, an assistant who refuses to clean a toilet, you'll never be a salon owner. Yeah. You'll never be a salon owner. If you can't put yourself, if serving is below you, then leadership is beyond you. Yeah. And I feel like what me and Bridget were talking about before with um, social media now, a lot of it is very instant gratification. And I feel like new people in the industry, a lot of people just go straight rental and I give them so much props for that because me personally, I like, I couldn't do it. And I feel like a lot has to do with, um, everything you see on your phone nowadays. It's like work for yourself. Don't work for other people. And all these things, it's like pushing into like my, into my head. So I, I know it's with everybody else too. And I feel like it's just brainwashing at this point. There's nothing wrong with working at a company. No, no, it, it helps build character. It helps build character and you have to start somewhere. And I think there's a lot of educators who make it their point to share that paying your dues is toxic or mm. you don't, uh, I saw one girl, she was like, you could skip to the good part. Well, that might work for one person, but that's mm -hmm. not going to work for everybody. Yeah. I would not be the person I am today without the time I spent assisting. Yeah, that's exactly like what I'm saying. Totally. And the other thing running off of that is I noticed Gina and I have a decade between us from what we've seen in the industry. Ew. Stop it. Rude. <laughs> but the way that I kind of see coming into the industry is that we're at a turning point right now in terms of how many suites are available to us, how many booth rental salons are there. It's outnumbering commission-based salons and team-based salons that are putting in the work into their stylists to train them properly from Vidal Sassoon techniques and going back to when all that was still fresh in the industry and training was such a big deal and retention of your assistance was such a big deal. So it's looking at that in our industry and saying, yeah, no wonder why all these stylists are coming out and saying, work for yourself, work for yourself. They might have done the commission base. They might have seen team-based salons. And now they're at a point in their careers where they want to work for themselves and they have the confidence to do that. And it's not to say that you can't be booth rental right out of school. I just feel like it takes a certain person, like we were saying, your work ethic and what you're willing to put up with and how and you're how willing. And how many people you know. Absolutely. Like there's there's unicorn hairstylists that make it work. They graduate hair school, they go in their basement, their parents build them a salon and they do hair nonstop for all of their friends, families, friends, families, families, co everybody. They do everybody's hair for low price and they build up from there and they know a lot of people. There's random people that can do that and it works for some people. I know people that I can name who have done that. And I'm going to touch on that and say that goes along with your marketing. 
100%. if you're not willing to market yourself, what are you willing to do? A hundred percent. Nobody's going to fill your books for you. I mean, unless you work in a salon where they do that. And, you know, there are people who work in these amazing companies and corporation, but still complain. Like, what do you think? What do you guys think an employee-based salon needs to do to attract somebody like top talent today? Like, what do you think an employee-based salon needs to do? Like non-negotiable to get someone to work in their company for, I don't know, seven years. Like, it's like when I was an uh, employee-based salon owner, I could barely hold on to people for three years and I gave everything that I possibly could. I know that I needed some work and I was a little toxic, but how can employee-based salons become more attractive to artists so that assisting and everything isn't looked down upon? Um, one major thing, definitely continuing education. I feel like salons that don't have continuing education are slowly dying. It's very important to have continuing education. Um, also, working for myself now, um, I just need flexibility. Salons that don't have flexibility, I have one friend who just came to the salon, she was commissioned not that long ago, and she was so stressed about her schedule, and it was their way or no way, and that kind of gives me anxiety thinking about it because now I have the freedom of what I want to do. So I feel like if salons now are just more flexible with hours, like I know some salons are like, you have to work Saturdays, but what if they can't do a Saturday? It's like, you, I feel like flexibility is huge now. I totally agree. And I think on the back end, um, having benefits, 401k plans, retirement plans, health insurance, um, being a 21-year-old in this industry, it kind of hit me like a rock when I was like, oh my God, I have to buy my own insurance. It was like, I'm still living at home with my parents. Like, I'm still just a baby. Like, <laughs> so I think having those benefits available to the stylist is also a critical part of having the support that they need. And also, you know, celebrating everyone's victories. You're not there to beat anyone down. It's not 2008 anymore when Sally takes your client and all of a sudden you're giving Sally dirty looks like where that's such a scarcity mindset and I think salons need to have an abundance mindset of you know there's enough to go around and you know someone's success celebrating someone else's success will never dampen your own yeah client sharing is a huge huge team building thing oh my god we do that every day here at the salon like if I have a client and I know Jody would be the best with her I would be like you know what I would love for you to go see Jody because she's our curly girl specialist and she would take absolute like amazing care of you or if somebody has an extension client who wants extensions and they don't do extensions they refer them to me and likewise like through our whole salon and I think that's so important because we have such a strong um, community and all we want to do is see each other win. And I think that's very important. Yeah. So those employee-based salons, client sharing is a great strategy and a great culture piece to build trust within your team. Absolutely. I was going to make another remark that there's 30 of us here. So it's like, and I started when there was only 16. So to watch this place expand and grow and be what we are today is truly beautiful. And it's crazy. Even though we are a booth rental salon, I think that mindset still salons should adopt in order to keep top talent. Um, people just want to come in and work these days. They don't want the drama. They don't want the cattiness, the pettiness. Mm -hmm. It's just all about 
the culture. So having a strong salon culture, the benefits on the back end, being flexible and understanding that people have lives outside of work. And again, I mean, we talk about work-life balance all the time now as a society. So it's like not everyone wants to work 80 hours and that's okay. That's not their path. And it's understanding that you are not everyone and everyone is not you. So it's just having that understanding and that vulnerability to say, all right, what does this person need from me and how can I support them in their journey? Another part of culture is being direct and being coachable. That's huge. (laughs) Yeah. Do you guys want to tell the story? Do do you want to tell it or do you want me to tell it? You can go. You sure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So um, Alexandra and I, we were working as employees at the salon and I believe it was like a slow Friday or Saturday afternoon and her and I had said, you know, let's let's gloss each other's hair, let's do a treatment and like let's just have some fun. We have like 45 minutes to an hour before we have to clock out and it's dead. Let's just have some fun. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> so much fun. <laughs> so much fun. And, and mind you, I'm in the salon getting my hair done. <laughs> so Gina's there and she's watching us and the stylist there watching me and Alexandra and we're sitting there with our processing caps on and Gina's like I need to speak with both of you privately in the hallway. And guys, I've never been more scared in my life. I was like I'm fired. I was like that's it. It's game over. <laughs> So Alexandra and I are sitting there shaking in our boots and Gina starts the conversation and she goes, you know, this is going to be a lot harder for me to say than it is for you two to hear. And she kind of coached us in the moment of, you know, what she expects from us as her employees at her salon. And it's just holding people to a higher standard, making them accountable for their actions. And, you know, if you're clocked in nine to five, you're clocked in nine to five whether you're an employee or whether you're behind the chair, whatever it is that you're doing, it's being present and giving 100% of your all. So talk about that hockey thing. So there's a story about a hockey game. I Forgive me, I don't know the teams, but the clock is winding down and there's a team that's winning and they think that they have it in the bag. So they're starting to skate off the ice to their respective benches And the goalie from the opposing team took the puck all the way to the the opponent's goal and scored it to put the game in OT. And it was before the buzzer rang out. So to me, I learned that story years ago, and it sticks with me to, you know, you play till the buzzer sounds. And I think that's a huge part of the work ethic. 100%. (laughs) I'm so sorry. (laughs) It was funny because me and Sam are like, Sam is doing my hair and I'm just watching. And I think that you guys thought since I was getting my hair done that you guys could just get your hair done. And I was like, they're clocked in. And I was like, Sam, if this is what they do when I'm sitting right here, what do you think they do when I'm not here? (laughs) And I was like, oh "Oh my God. God. But no, like, I think like another thing that I said to you, and I think it was a private conversation with me and you, I said this and I know I've said it to you before, but like for me, like I, I really in this generation of my life and as a leader, like it's really important for me to be direct 
and to have like strong relationships with women where we trust one another and where you don't have to worry about me talking shit about you to Alexandra. You don't have to worry about me talking shit about you to Bridget. And you, there's no tension in the air because nobody knows like mm-hmm. where they stand. And in salons, a lot of the time, the owner, it's easier to just let it go. Like, they'll figure it out. Just let it go. I don't have time for this. I don't have the energy for this. And that's why I said it's harder for me to do than it is for you to hear because I didn't want either of you to quit. Like, I didn't want to, like, make you feel bad or have you or you have a bad night or, you know, you go home and feel like crap about your job. Like, it's easier for me to not say anything and let it go. But, like, that day it was, like, you know – I'm here to give you the best experience and have you grow the most and to have you learn the most and have you like become better every single day. So like those conversations, although they're difficult, they help everybody. And I feel like every difficult conversation that you have in a relationship helps you grow stronger Mm -hmm. and closer. Yeah, 100%. I mean, we were in the wrong for sure. And (laughs) Sam was just like, she didn't even say anything. We just all had our processing caps on in the hallway having a conversation. It was awful. All of us. Yes, it was so bad. But you know what? We like, we can laugh about it now and we grow from that. So you know what, it's, now we could laugh about it. And yeah. It's funny now. <laughs> and hopefully that story helps a leader who's afraid to have a difficult conversation. It's and it- so important because then, as Bridget said, if you didn't say something, what if we were to just do it again? Like, that's not okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think, again, going off of what Gina was saying in terms of like, oh my God, is my employee going to quit? I don't think as a leader you should be afraid of that because if that employee quits, then they weren't meant to be at your salon. If they are taking your standards too personally within reason um, and you are holding your employee accountable to what your expectations are and how you as a salon operate, uh, they just weren't meant to be. It's true. There are people who struggle with a lot of anxiety and, you know, the workforce today, and I'm in a lot of hairstylist groups and, you know, I see a lot of salon owners struggling with like their artists coming in with anxiety and you know the owner has a specific standard about what they want but it may give the artist anxiety and the owner is always like walking on eggshells and trying to be a safe space but there comes a point where like how can i make this a safe space like how much do i have to compromise for you to feel comfortable and safe and i think that's a balancing act that a lot of owners are struggling with today because people have more anxiety than ever today and it's really hard as an owner to provide a safe space every single day every single minute of every single day because we're not perfect so it's like something to stay in mind but i think like when people know what to do and they're held accountable and it's out of kindness and love and you don't hold on to it and then blow up on them a week later. You coach in the moment and you coach out of kindness. I think that's like the best we can do, right? And making sure everyone knows what's expected so it doesn't just come out of nowhere. So, yeah. I don't know. Anything else you ladies want to add before we wrap up? I feel like this was just a great conversation. Yeah, I hope you guys gained a lot from my story and Alexandra's story. Um, Like I said, originally her and I both had big dreams for ourselves and we're very ambitious to get get after it and we love this industry I couldn't imagine being anywhere else um I really hope if you're in 
an experienced seasoned stylist listening to this, you gain some perspective on maybe some younger girls who are just starting out in your salon and, you know, maybe you can kind of relate this episode to what maybe they're going through in their journeys and be a positive aspect of that. And whether you're in school or thinking about school or about to graduate, it's also equally important to understand that, you know, there are, there is an order to things. Um, and having and building that work ethic and character will get you further and further in your career and having a great attitude. I mean, we could talk for hours and hours about this, but... Yeah, I want to touch on the there's an order to things. It's a great mantra. When you feel you should be somewhere else instead of where you are right now or you feel like you're not doing enough, a great mantra is there is an order to things. I'm exactly where I need to be. And I say that all the time because a lot of people, like even Alexandra, you wanted to be an extension specialist, like fresh out off the rip. And I was like, Alexandra, your retouches, your haircuts will become your extensions guest. Or they're going to know someone who's going to become your extensions guest. Like there's an order. Like you, like you will build, but there's an order. Like you don't have to jump ahead 500 steps. Like you're going to be good. And I think like when you just feel like you're not enough or not doing enough, go back to that mantra of there's an order to things. I'm glad that stuck with you guys. It really stuck to me for sure. Like, um, (laughs) for other reasons we won't talk about. Um, I guess like my final thoughts, um, going back to rental out of hair school, um, I'm not saying you can't do it by all means. If you can do it, do it. But the quote goes, you know, be obsessed or be average. You really have to put in the work if you want to see the like instant gratification results right away. You know, it's I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's really hard. You know, I'm I've been behind the chair um, on my own for 14 months now, and I still struggle with that. Like my books still aren't full. You know, it's like you reach for the stars, girl. That's all I'm going to say. But, <laughs> you know, just remember who you, you are listening to. Make sure you have a good mentor. It doesn't have to be like um, in your salon every single day, you could have people that you listen to on podcasts, like Gina Bianca podcast. Um, you could listen to us. <laughs> yeah. So just make sure that you are listening to the right people and don't get distracted. It's really easy to get distracted. Totally. Well, this was really fun. It kind of we kind of started chatting about it before the po- before we started filming today. And I was like, let's just do a podcast and talk about it. So I'm glad that this came to fruition. I hope that you all enjoy it. Um, you can always sign up to see me live in one of my 2023 classes where we have a new curriculum. We're going to be doing some hair. We're going to be doing some business, but we're visiting 13 cities and we're going to be visiting the UK. So visit GinaBianca.com and you can get your tickets. Before we go, Bridget, where can they find you if they want to follow along and contact you? So you guys can follow me on Instagram at Bridget underscore Reddington and feel free to send me a DM and always reach out. Alexandra? Uh, You could find me on Instagram at blendstations. Love it. Thank you so much, girls. It's been such a fun afternoon. Thank you. Thank you so much. To be continued? Yeah. Absolutely. We should do another one. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Hope to see you in class or see you in Mastermind. I hope you have an amazing day. Talk to you soon. See you on the next one.